Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, radio hotter. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry, my little uh, um, technical um, goodies. Radio hotter. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. G'day viewers and welcome to yet another episode of Radio Hot Lap on this sunny Wednesday afternoon. With me is my usual co-host, JP. How are you this afternoon? I'm very well, thank you, John. It's been a, certainly a lovely day. A great start to the Classic Adelaide. It has been a lovely start to the day, to Classic Adelaide and uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Today we have with us um, Alan Simonson. How are you, Alan? I'm very good, John. Thank you very much. Good, well, I'm glad you made it, and um, we've got Rusty Sausage down there with the, uh, the leg of lamb bone that uh, she's fiercely holding on to. Well, it's been a pretty big week. It has been. It's been very big, big and uh, busy last couple of weeks for us. You know, if we go back from uh, when we finished at, uh, at Bathurst with the vet supercars, uh, we obviously went straight on to uh, Surface Paradise with the Utes, and from then it was... Uh, it was straight on to uh, the A1 race where I was driving the 360 GT car. And, uh, and uh, last weekend we were at uh, Tasmania with the Utes and now here at Adelaide for the Classic Adelaide. So it's been very, very busy, but busy is good. Not many weekends off for you. That's right. Um, and we're continuing going. We, uh, we got Phillip Island this weekend, so I'm actually not going to stay for the whole weekend of the Classic Adelaide. Got Phillip Island sports car round, uh, followed up by a... Uh, Another sports car round at uh, Eastern Creek before we finish the year at um, Wakefield 500 race. So you came down here today specifically to um... <laughs> stop the phone ringing. <laughs> Don't you hate that? The phone, mobile phone rings. Don't they know that we're having a radio show? We'll just rewind that bit. No, we won't. <laughs> I'm not doing that. There you go. Um... <laughs> uh, where were we? You came down here. We came down here, that's right, now you're down here in Adelaide, because uh, Classic Adelaide's on, and um, and uh, there's been a huge parade today, and you led the field around. Yeah, that was that was good fun in the uh, very historic Ferrari Triple um, Three SP, 10-year-old Le Mans car, with an uh, old-style Formula One engine in it, puts out about 700 horsepower. The beauty about the beast is it only weighs 800 kilos, so uh, obviously... Um, one of the quickest cars that I've ever driven, um, and uh, it was quite enjoy enjoyable actually to uh, to do a few laps in that. We also did a few laps on the in the uh, 550 Ferrari with the Cooper signage on it. I took Glenn Cooper, uh, the boss of Cooper's Brewery, around for a few hot laps, which he really enjoyed. And it's been in the talk for a long time that you know he was going to have a go, and uh, finally he got his go, and he loved it. When I said to Glenn, "Are you going to put a suit on?" and he went, "I'm wearing one." There he was with his white shirt and his Armani. I thought he would be putting a Cooper's race suit on, but you know. <laughs> yeah, no, he was uh, he was straight from the meeting. Obviously, he's uh, very busy at the moment with all the stuff that's going on, and uh, so he was straight in just to get his uh, get his laps. And uh, it's good fun. I've really been looking forward to giving him some laps for a long time, and uh, finally we did it. It wasn't wasn't. Uh, um, wasn't the widest and, and and most accelerating circuit we got it on you know it's it sort of the prologue which here which is uh fairly small and um but we still managed to uh 
to make wheel spin that sort of lasted about 200 metres. So. Yeah, you, you definitely lit it out in front of the, the crowd there. So well, j- just for those who don't really know exactly how the Classic Adelaide Wednesday prologue format uh, works, where it actually everyone just determines their starting positions, and it is quite a serious rally, um, it uses part of the Clipsal 500 track specifically the, 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 the part that goes through the parkland. So if you were to, inside the race course. That's right. If you go across the start-finish line and go through the, through the chicane at the end, where you would basically turn a fast left onto Wakefield, you, you turn hard right and go up a slight hill, which is effectively the dummy grid during the races, and then turn another hard 270-degree right-hander, which leads back onto the race course and through the, the left-hand uh, hard corner onto the hairpin onto the start finish line but it's still um it still uh, gets a bit of speed there and it's funny to see some of the old dungers running around there you know they look like they're doing about five mile an hour it's funny how speed uh, the impression of speed changes when you look at it on a racetrack that's right um you're not wrong there it's driving any of those two cars that i took around the product today is obviously probably the fastest cars here i'll i'll actually put my head on the blog and say they are the fastest cars here um but, you know, they're, they're purpose-built circuit cars, so uh, obviously around a track like that, it's, uh, it's not easy getting them around the corners, but once you get to the straight, it, uh, they really go. And uh, some of the older cars, which we saw today in the Classic Adelaide, they obviously got very soft suspension, and uh, they do, do look like big boats when they come around the corners. And you got it up to a decent speed on the straight, I take it? Did you manage to get it? Yeah, up? we got it up to about third, fourth gear, which yep. is about 160k. Uh, hard on the brakes and uh, down the gears, down to first gear for nearly every corner uh, because that's just, those, of the, those of you guys that was out there watching uh, could obviously see that uh, there was sand and dust and stuff yeah, flying around. It's not so exactly it was, the cleanest out there. That's wasn't sure. the cleanest track today. No, well, usually um, if there's a horse race going across there, so they, you know, someone got out the grader this morning and then they swept the road clear, so it's all a bit sort of a low-budget operation to some extent. Well, it was all horse racing, was it, last weekend yeah, or the weekend right, before? Yeah, that's right, yeah, and the Cooper's and, Five Stars were yeah. down there lurking around as well, and in fact, uh, it's a very lovely transporter that Glenn's got for the uh, for the horses, we just need to tart the car transporter up a little bit more, I think, so we'll hopefully he's listening to that and we'll <laughs> give us a guernsey on that for next year. But uh, look, before we go on to talk a little bit more about the racing and what Alan's been up to, but just uh, just a quick revision about what everyone's having as a beer this afternoon. Alan, what are you drinking, mate? I'm drinking a Cooper's Pale Ale, mate. And I'm drinking one of the new Cooper's Drafts that uh, I tried for the first time last night at the at the Cooper's uh, well, night. It's funny you should say that, because at the PA today they finally got the new uh, Cooper's Lager on tap. And um, I had a I had a schooner of that at lunchtime, and it was absolutely magnificent. I used to drink Cooper's Draft, and uh, now they've got lager, and it's better again. But what are you actually drinking today? But tonight, mate? in honour of Alan, Alan, I've got a tuber of Copenhagen lager, which is very nice. Wait, is that an okay beer, or is that just crap? It is. Uh, it's a very good beer. Uh, it's uh, it's it's one of the most. Uh, renowned beers in Denmark it is obviously not as known uh, in the world as Carlsberg is but I guess it's a little bit like in Australia where uh, people actually don't drink Fosters but if you go to Europe people say oh Australia is the beers of Fosters and it's a little bit like that with Tuborg. Tuborg is pretty is pretty uh, pretty big in Denmark but probably not as big as Carlsberg is around here but we're trying to make them drink Coopers in Denmark now because obviously having uh, our 
Prince Mary and our Crown Prince Frederick. We gotta we gotta have a bit of an Aussie uh, Aussie beer going. <laughs> is, is she yours or is he ours now? I mean, what's the deal? Well, it depends which side of the fence you're on, really, doesn't it? It's like it's like racing when you ask someone, "Was that the good move or a bad move?" And you're like, "Well, wh- wh- which support? Who do you support?" <laughs> well, she's well, on, she's on loan. So I, I used to drink Tuborg in the UK. Yeah, many years. Many and it's years. got a crown on the top there. Does that mean it's under sort of you know royal appointment? Yes, it well, is. Well, Dane, Danes are to royal people. The royal Danish court. It's just all the way down. The whole way down. All the way down. So Mary's probably having a few of these as we speak. Having a few. Most certainly. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say that? Oh, I don't know. I doubt if she's listening, so it's okay. So, mate, uh, the uh, the weekend at Simmons Plains, uh, it wasn't it does, wasn't as good of a weekend as we had at uh, at Surfers, and and you had uh, I, I think that the article I write for for the Coopers this week is going to be called the Tasmanian Ball Breaker. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. The way you put it. Um, Tell yeah. us what happened, mate. Well, what happened was uh, we didn't really have the speed when we were practicing and qualifying as we thought we would like to have. We know we have a problem uh, in regards to top speed. Uh, those of you guys that's listening uh, knows that going to uh, to Tasmania, you need a lot of power. Uh, we certainly haven't got much power in the Cooper Shoots. They're struggling in every time you get into fifth gear, and that was that was quite significant in the uh, in the in the race meeting. And um, we uh, we still managed to get into a decent position in the first race. I, I myself was lying seventh, and uh, unfortunately, with two or three laps to go, the lower ball uh, joint on my left hand suspension broke off, going around 130 to 140 kilometers an hour right hand kink. Uh, that resulted in the car sort of. Uh, dropping right down to the ground and uh, I had nowhere else to go than to hit the barriers pretty hard um, so very unfortunate but um, you know the boys worked all night long to get the car back in one piece um, and miraculously they, they got it they got it done it wasn't a straight car uh, but you know it was good enough for finishing third in the next race um, in the last race, I was lying third for for most of the race, but again struggling big time with top end speed, and I was blocking for the first nine laps, and in the end I couldn't hold the guy behind me off. He drove straight around the outside of me, going down the straight, having way too much power compared to what I had. So, uh, yeah, there we go. It ended up being like a pretty um, a pretty entertaining weekend for the for the public because you, you couldn't have really expected a script like that. Um, to, uh, to 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 come up come about in that you know da- Damien White was there with it with a, a very very handy points lead and um, he uh, luck was just destined for the championship but would as luck would have it he he ended up going off into the into the sand trap in the first um, practice session and the stupid marshals left him there rather than push him out. Um, uh, because he was basically in a situation which I, I thought should have brought out a, a, a safety car or something for the for, for that session. Then he ended up doing a breaking something in the diff, and um, then um, yeah, that's right, he broke his diff and he qualified the car seventeenth, which ended up making him last on the grid for the reverse grid race. Whereas Marcus um, Marcus Sakanovic um, had a uh, a really good um, really good run. What did you think, JP? Um, well, obviously I wasn't there with you guys, but from uh, and we haven't had the coverage on TV until this weekend. So the uh, the 
video will be running whilst we're on Classic Adelaide. But uh, from all the reports I've read, um, Marcus was a pretty unlucky guy and Damien just basically held on to uh, the championship by the skin of his teeth. Uh, be interesting to uh, to hear what he's got to say about the whole thing. Um, and, yeah, I, I thought the actual, from what I read, the racing itself seemed very, very uh, close and very exciting. Um, Alan's misfortune was fairly well publicised, I guess. It, so. was, it was uh, it was it was very very exciting, and the championship came down to to, to a, a points, mere a mere six points. Oh, six. And you know, like Marcus drove drove his the um, his, his socks off. So he drove he drove the best that you could uh, you could think of him for for this weekend. You know, everyone would have would have uh, would have pushed as hard as he did, and uh, I think he did a reasonable job. I think he should have won the championship, but yeah, he won three rounds. To he won, to, to yeah, he won three one. rounds. Uh, He's been involved with, in a lot of things, and, and he probably takes more risks than other people. Um, but he's he's a very good driver, and I think he, he he deserved to have won the championship. And had the points been given out in a different sort of way, he probably would have. But there you go. You can always always say if if and if. I had uh, I had the Coopers team ringing me up today, Sean, our team crew chef, and they'd done a bit of a uh, calculation now when the championship is finished, and um, they sort of worked out where we would have finished if. Um, the stewards have been called. If the stewards have been on our side and not on not on, on the other side, and uh, and both on on driver infringements and on technical infringements, um, if we hadn't had any of these penalties, we would have won the championship by three points. So, I guess it's it's one of those things that you got to use. Uh, you got to have your log on your side. You got to use your head. Uh, and Damien has obviously driven in these in these youths for. As old as I am, I guess, and uh, he should be able to uh, put to master these uh, these cars by now, and, and he also know how to, how, to, how to get away with it. So, and he seems to know when to push and when to ease off a bit too. So he's just yeah. getting the points when he needs to, and not getting involved in any dramas. A few weeks ago, we uh, we had a chat to Charlie, and, and and we got you on the phone as well. It was quite an interesting chat. I mean, do you you know the same question? I suppose that needs to be asked. Do you think there was a bit of anti, you know, a bit of anti-international sentiment there you know over the whole championship you mean over the whole, yes yeah I think there was I think there was quite a lot of heads going on in the middle of the season um, I didn't enjoy the way it that was being dealt about but then again um, being a foreigner in in in, in other people's country you uh, you got to be prepared to take uh, take it on the chin because um, you know, you will always be the one standing out if you do something wrong, and, and I accept that. And I have have been a foreigner in many other countries before I came here, so I accept that, and I, I move on and I uh, I learn from it. Uh, I mean, what doesn't kill you kill you make you stronger. And uh, I suppose I could expect the same if I wanted to take Jan Magnussen on in the the touring car championship over there in in, in Denmark. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's the same in any country. It's not just here. You know, you are if you are a foreigner, you are gonna you are gonna stand out from the rest. That's just the way it is, and, and I accept that. And, and I think it is a, it's a challenge. And I actually love the fact that when people were having a go at me and they were saying all this kind of stuff, to uh, to just come back and and just sort of win the uh, win the next round after all this stuff had, had been going on. I reckon that that sort of shot up a few people, and I quite enjoyed that. Probably make, a bit of jealousy, really. It is probably to do with yeah, some jealousy as well, but I work very hard for what I do. I, uh, I, 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 people say, well, well, how come you get all these drives and this and that? Well, that's because I work 24-7 for it, and I make sure that when I do get get these very good drives, I make sure I do a good job, and I make sure that I work well within the teams that I'm with. 
and most importantly I give 100% and I'm very competitive um, where which is what people at top level motorsport in Europe needs they need people that that is gets in the car does the job and wins the races they don't need people that goes around and, and shake everyone's hands are in a social and, and, and loves to chit chat and all of that it's not it's not what you're there for you're there to do a job your job is to win races and drive the car as quick as it can if you don't do that job they don't need you so the V8 U Championship is over for the year and, and so is pretty much for the supercars you've got uh, two or three more races with the uh, Ferrari 360 um, with, with, with Ted um, between now and Christmas what, what's the new year hold? Uh, the new year, well, yeah, it's a very good, que- very good, uh, very good question actually, because uh, there's a few things up in the air. I think one of the things we're probably going to see me in next year is uh, there's a lot of, lot of talk which I can break out now in news. It's going to be the first time this is coming out. Is this an exclusive? This, on is, ra- a, this is an exclusive on Radio, Radio Hot Lab. Exclusive, <laughs> absolutely. Um, we're most likely going to run the uh, new Ferrari 330. Um, sorry, 430. Um, in the GT Championship, um, the GT Championship next year looks to be even stronger than it's ever been. Uh, at Wakefield, sorry, at uh, Eastern Creek last time out, we were 33 cars, and uh, there was 40 cars entered. Uh, and for next year, it, it sounds like there's going to be even more. Sounds like Lamborghinis coming out with two Galleriados. Uh Sounds like there's two Corvette C5s coming out. Uh, there's definitely another 430 coming. We will be coming with a 430, possibly two. Um, so there will be a lot of a lot of cars there, and uh, hopefully this championship will will really pick off some pretty exciting races. There's going to be a race at Bathurst, uh, all to, all all being raced, uh, all being covered on um, on Channel Nine. So it's a very good package, and uh, that's one of the things that we got planned for. The other one we got into the loop is uh, we're probably going to do the Japanese GT Championship in the Ferrari 550. Which is uh, is that Super GT? No, Super GT. Super GT is uh, is different. But ACO, who runs the Le Mans Championship and the ALMS and the ELMS, which is the American Le Mans Championship and the European Le Mans Championship, they are the organizers for that. They are from next year onwards going to start up uh, the ACO Championship in Japan, which is going to be the Japanese GT Championship. It's going to be three rounds, where the first is going to be run in April. Uh, I can't remember the track. The second round is going to be in July, and the last round is going to be in October. They're going to be 1,000K races, each one of them, um, which is about six hours. And they're going to be open for prototypes, GD1 cars. Middle Eastern Le Mans GD2. Series, Middle Eastern Le Mans Championship, but actually classified as a Japanese. Far East. Far East, yeah. but actually, actually classified as a Japanese GT Championship. Well, I'm going to look forward to going up and doing a bit of Japanese Club 44 with you. <laughs> Mate, uh, I'm sure we'll get 44s on the boards. Mate, that's wonderful news, and um, I, I hope that uh, that Glenn will be sticking with with you. I'm sure he will uh, at a personal level, and it just depends to see what happens with the, with the cars as well, I suppose. That's right. I mean, we we've had a, I've had a close relationship with Cooper since I came here, and uh, and uh, Glenn loves Ferraris, Ferraris, Utes and beers. They go good together, all of them, um, which is sort of why our our relationship. Uh, has, has grown. We had a lot of success uh, with the Ferraris. Obviously, they do stand out quite a lot, and uh, and it's something that Glenn uh, Glenn likes to be part of. And uh, yeah, it's something that we um, we want to take forward. And uh, especially now with the uh, with the coverage of ch- from Channel Nine, uh, it's obviously more promising for uh, for a big brewery like Coopers to be supporting uh, to be supporting. Um, 
something that's shown on national TV. For sure, Channel Nine's good too because it means that we we spoke about this a few weeks back about the fact that uh, now that Channel Ten have actually got a bit of a stranglehold on motorsport, that the coverage is average in a lot of areas because they obviously can't cram everything in that they've got access to, and um, so to fight to have another cheers to have another. Um, mainstream TV station come online and yep. um, can only do motor racing as a whole good because suddenly we've got someone with a different championship competing with all the things that Channel 10 are doing. That's right. And um, I mean, Channel 9 did did cover our racing uh, last year when uh, when we did the Nations Cup races and, and they're very good. They do a very good job. Uh, it's a very strong channel and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I hope it, it all comes off and, uh, and I hope there's a lot of of, of guys in Australia, everyone that's got a GT car out there and is listening now, you should bring it out next year. I reckon it's going to be game on. That sounds like yeah, they're going to need a damn good website too. It does too. Good point, John. Yeah, I'll have a think about that and see who yep. we need to talk to. So, yeah, that's about it. Um, Japanese GT, uh, British, uh, sorry, uh, Australian GT. However, I've also... Um, as you guys know, I, I did drop, run in the British GT Championship yeah, as well this the year. European connection. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be very busy over there as well. So when the, cal- the calendar from the British GT Championship comes out, I hope it doesn't clash too much with what we're going to do here because uh, I will need to run in that as well. Um, what level of Qantas card is above platinum? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> I, I, instead of actually, I mean, I, I, I have gone to platinum now, but I think the ultimate must be to go platinum in all the airlines. Well, in fact, it's probably our own private jet, <laughs> which we've had a little bit of a oh, tasting well, of this. Now, there's a good intro to another topic. It is. I mean, it was very kind yeah. of, our, of, our, of our friend Gavin Bullis from Rain City Industries to um, to just offer us a lift back from Simmons Plains the other morning and. Um, it was quite luxurious. I, I, I quite like that. I think I could get into it, mate. I can too. I mean, that was that was that was good. That was an amazing plane that Gavin has got, and uh, I can understand why he's got it because how easy was that? You, uh, yeah. Hop I mean, in and hop in and hop out and hop I, in yeah. about too easy. Yeah, I know. I felt a bit special about that. Uh, yeah, just check the V8 Utes um, homepage out, and you'll see a photo of all the boys sitting there in the in the plane. Some people might not like it there, but you know. Put up specially to annoy me. I think we're back. To, I think we're back to the old jealous part. You know, it's. It, it's, yeah. it's I think I need that shot of the Ferrari five fifty up there now. I think we need to put the five fifty on the website. Yeah. Well, we've got to give Damien a bit, Damien a bit of ground and, and stuff like that. But yeah, look, um, I'm going to have, do a bit of a story on, on Gavin because he, he's, he's, a, he's a top bloke and he's um, an ex professional motocross rider who's, who's done a lot of time overseas and and uh, knows a lot of common people there. And being a dirt bike guy myself, I'm, I'm, I'm riding. You're, you've got a Dirt bike, you got a yeah. I got a dirt bike. I got a TM two-stroke motocross bike, which I enjoy taking out. Um, there's a few of us down in Melbourne that's got motocrosses, and we go out and play a little bit when there's not too big races coming up, because we do get carried away a little bit, and uh, obviously you got to keep a little bit of leeway if you should fall off it. But well, speaking of getting carried away, I mean, like the other night we had the presentation dinner at, at, for the V8 Yips, and that was uh, a huge like caviar affair. No like, 44 though. No, no, there's none of that. But we, um, we, we're all, you and, you and I and, um, and Jack Elsgood and Mark Bryant, we were all um, going to try to get out to the Irish bar, but we didn't have much success really finding it. The whole of Launceston was, was, was empty, but we got a bit of a hand getting there. We did, um, and that's something that, that won't happen anywhere else in the world, I reckon. Uh, we were sitting in the car, rental car, and uh, we were all going, oh, which way should we go, which way should we go? And there's the copper in front of us in the car, 
And John goes, oh, roll up the side of this car and I'll, I'll ask these guys. I go, no, 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 no. They'll just pull us over and boogers. And he goes, no, 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 we'll be all right. Pulls up, rolls the window down and says, you guys know where the Irish pub is? They said, no problem, guys. Follow us. We'll escort you to the place. So we had police escort to the pub. <laughs> And the, and, and the doorman was none other than James Courtney, who, who had had a few beers for lunch and had gone on and went, welcome to Tokyo. That's right. I mean, I, I reckon James was on his 15th beer, uh, but he was still standing at this stage. Hey, mate, Damien bought me a drink. You're kidding. <laughs> no, he did. No. He was in a good mood. I spoke to him a little while ago, and we, we're going to talk to him a little bit later on. I don't think he's very well, but he's probably on the way down, you know. As you would be, Brian. No, he's a good bloke. He's, he's just—he's a bit misunderstood too, and he, like yourself, takes things very seriously and is very focused on his racing. You've got to be serious about your racing if you want to take it anywhere, and I think that's why sometimes serious guys get taken the wrong way because um, there's a lot of people who does motorsport for the love of it and not because they need to. Um, there's, but there's also a lot of professionals out there that needs to make sure that. When they do the, the uh, when they do do get in the car, that they do get the most out of it, and uh, you know it's a job for most of us, and uh, it, it needs to be dealt with professionally. Otherwise, you can't have people taking you seriously. What's your plans for Christmas? Do you go? What do you do? Do you, do you go home for Christmas? Yeah, I'll go back to Denmark to see my family. I spent Christmas here last year. Um, this this year, I'm going to go back see my family. I got a little niece uh, who is uh, five years old, and I enjoy spending time with. So. I'm going to go get back home and see her, and uh, we have Christmas a bit different in Denmark to, to here. We we actually celebrate Christmas on the 24th in the evening, and uh, the kids get all their presents and stuff in the evening, and you have a big Christmas dinner. Uh, it'll most likely be white Christmas, pretty cold, um, so it's very, very different for me. I really enjoyed it last year here, but it's very, very different sitting in 35 degrees and uh, celebrating Christmas than it is to sitting in five minors and uh, and there's snow outside but uh, no, I'm looking forward to that I'm going back for probably a month I'll be leaving after the last race which is my uh, Wakefield 500 race it's the 14th of December so I'll leave the 15th go back stay um, stay and celebrate Christmas then I'll go over to England to uh, to finalize the deals I have with the British GT and at the same time, I'll nip past the uh, NEC, which is the... Uh, yep, the, the big show at Birmingham. The big show at Birmingham, the autosport show, and uh, that is the biggest motorsport show in the world. Uh, it goes for four days. It is where anyone that's serious about motorsport goes because uh, you, can fi- you can go and organise some drives there. You can go and see all the, the latest in the technology, what cars have come out, who's what doing what, speak to the journos. And uh, yeah, it's just just a, a very very good platform to sort of organise your your um, your year. I think maybe uh, someone from Hotlap might be coming over to carry some bags. Oh well, off you go. You never know. <laughs> Mr. O'Ryan will be there, no doubt. Yeah, so, well, uh, Mr. O'Ryan will definitely be there. That's but just uh, on your on on Christmas in in Europe, um, is there a traditional meal that that the Danish have? Like um, they do the uh, the pork. Roast and they do the uh, the dock. I guess that's their the dock. The dock, not, uh, not as a uh, woof woof, but you know, swim swim. A <laughs> oh, duck. Oh, the duck. <laughs> the duck. <laughs> there we go. The duck. <laughs> the dog duck. Yeah, he well, just good. Yeah, um, but that's about it, really. They do a bit of a Christmas rice pudding sort of stuff too. That. And what about New Year's? Does that go off as well? New Year's is completely, again, different to what it is here. Uh, 
the in Denmark, it's it, you you buy fireworks on on any corner basically, <laughs> and any kids and young people they buy fireworks and it's absolutely going off for New Year's. Um, it's quite mad actually. You you do need to sort of look out a little bit that you don't get there. Get burned off. Yeah, I, I did New Year's in Holland a few years back, and it's very similar there. Yeah, all the fireworks and bonfires and all sorts of things happening. Fan, yeah, it's good fun, good fun. Mm. But I'm looking forward just to go back, go down and catch up with my family, you know. And uh, yeah, let's do good fun. Well, Alan, I realise you've got a run off, but just before you go, we might just get uh, the, uh, the the current V8 champ on the phone, Damien White, just to. To say good day, and you, you can shoot off to, to, to dinner in town and uh, with the with the people and do a bit of networking and yeah, um, but we'll uh, see what he's got to say. Yeah, it was certainly it was certainly a big night. I got out of there about four. I'd lost you, but um, yeah, it was a bit average when we got to the plane though. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a, it was a good night. It was a good night. I, I urge everybody to come to a, a final round of any series. It usually is a lot of fun. It normally is, yeah. These are good, nice beers. They are, aren't they? He didn't sound very well. Hello? Damien. John? Hello, mate. How are you? Welcome to Radio Hotlap. Are we? we are, mate. There's nothing but the best for you. I better not swear. That'd be a good idea. Firstly, congratulations, Damien, on your uh, second V8 Ute Championship win. Thank you very much, Mr. Hart, and thank you very much and all at Hot Lap for a great, great effort with the website this year. You've, you've developed something fantastic, and uh, we appreciate your efforts. Thank you for that. Oh, that's very um, nice to hear. I've got my uh, co-host, uh, JP, here. G'day, JP. How's things? Good, thank you, Damien. How you going, mate? Congratulations. Oh, good, mate. And good. Uh, the, uh, our, our own international, uh, Alan Simonson's joined us today. Oh, good evening, Alan. Good evening, Damien, and uh, congrats on your championship, mate. Thanks, mate. Thank you very much. Mate, I just thought I might just like leave it, let, let the floor go open and, you know, me fall in and you guys just tell us about how your year was. Is this much like you uh, leaving the dance floor open the other night and falling into it face first? <laughs> <laughs> I was licking the floor a little. And I've seen the photographs of both you and Alan on the aeroplane. Alan looked like he recovered okay and you're just too old to keep up. Oh, hearty. I think that's about right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for your positive comments. <laughs> Man, oh, you want to open the floor? I'll open it with saying that it's disappointing for Team IMB that um, Simmons Plains wasn't a better event on its own, but naturally to have um, wrapped up the championship at the event meant that it was satisfactory, but uh, yeah, it would have been nice to finish on a high. So, Damien, tell us, why do you reckon you've been struggling for the last couple of races? What, what's been going oh, on? I think we've had a communication error here. I can't hear anyone. Oh, yes, you can. Oh, now I can. Oh, no, I just put my finger over the damn thing. <laughs> talk about me, mate. Okay, cover it up while you talk. <laughs> Damien, tell us, why Why have you been struggling for the last couple of races? What's been going on? Tell us. I think that um, I bolted pretty hard early. After the uh, second round, I had a 93-point lead, and after the third round, it had stayed at 93 points. And I think for after that, I concentrated too much on the, um, the old calculator, working out where I needed to finish, and if he finished there, and he did that, and I did this, and worried too much about that rather than getting out there and racing. So I think that um, I lost my way a little bit with that. And we also experienced a few little uh, you know, 
gremlins, gremlins in the car, which we hadn't, you know, incurred in the first three rounds. And also, let's not sort of hide from the fact that, you know, you guys and the Coopers team at the opening round fell behind in the championship because of that unfortunate accident. And, uh, you know, you didn't get to show the pace that we knew you guys had at Clipsal. And, you know, I, I just think everyone improved throughout the year. I probably stayed the same, but lost the focus a little bit. Um, but thankfully, 93 points was enough to um, keep me in front for the remainder of the year. Mate, uh, do you think that this championship was a more difficult championship win uh, to win than the 2004? Definitely. Season? I mean, we had uh, bigger fields, and we had a, a better quality field, I think, than ever before. Even the people who, who were in it last year stepped up. Um, Having the interruption of uh, from ProCar into the new entity would have been quite unsettling mentally for a lot of drivers. Uh, well, look, it's not so much, I, I don't think, mentally. I mean, let's not overplay um, the mental aspect of the 8U racing. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It is competitive, but it's not that much of a mental strain. Uh, I, I think that... Um, Keeping up with you guys, it is. ...last year that the series didn't get to run its full course. The presentation night at the end of the year, as much as everyone tried to make it sort of something special, was ultimately something pretty lame. Um, it, it lost its, uh, I guess, glamour a bit. Peter Boylan did a fantastic job, and we owe a great deal of gratitude to him for carrying the series on in the capacity that he did. But certainly this year, um, you know, we as a group have taken on the category, and Bill West and Craig Daniel have done an awesome job in, in promoting it and developing it into a... a Quite a worthy product. Yeah, they certainly have. It's not a job that I would uh, I would relish. Um, you know, some might say that I've got a hard job, but I don't really think so. It's, it, there's a lot to do, but you know, those guys have got to do all the all the all the real exactly spanner work. Right. Of it. And, and you know, not only um, Bill and Craig in their capacity, but the the board members. I mean, I've been with Graham Hunt on occasion, and it, it would be in a, in one day. I remember there was about twelve phone calls various of the eight ute races wanting the answers to various things and if you think that there's four directors each receiving 12 calls on that day and let's not exaggerate and say it happens every day but if it happens you know three days of the week 48 phone calls times three days a week that's a lot of phone calls that these guys are having to handle and emails and, and on it goes it's not an easy job and i think what it does is it goes to support that ProCar actually didn't do too bad a job i don't think where can we improve for next year? Um, I guess you can. we can improve next year by teaching drivers like Damien White not to walk up to drivers like Alan Simonson in the heat of the moment and create all sorts of problems for themselves. Um, <laughs> look, but that goes for any category. Learn, every category can learn, individuals, teams, the whole lot. I guess it's now time for everyone to, to sit back, take stock and, and assess what they've done, what they've achieved, what their goals and objectives were and how they went in meeting them and um, learning from one another. I couldn't single out one thing where we could improve, maybe, uh, I don't know, try to introduce some plastic panels on the car so they can sort of rebound back rather than just bend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you agree with that one, Alan? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I... Th- I don't mind. I don't mind the roughness of of the championship. I think um, every single person I've spoken to since I've driven the Utes uh, have told me that the reason why they love the Utes is because they do see people get up each other. Now, 
it's very hard when you on one side's got the uh, category managers and stewards and other drivers and yourself wanting not to get into that kind of things. Uh, but when you have some very good drivers, and I think there's a very high quality of drivers in the championship and also some very, very good prepared cars, I think you do get... Uh, it does get very competitive, and uh, you know, to 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 get up to the front, you do need do need to work uh, work very hard, and and having a few few um, have some having some very competitive drivers in it, it that just makes it makes it makes it like that, and uh, I don't know I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I I like it. I think I think it's a good fun category. Um, I don't see them as as fantastic cars to drive. I look at it as an overall package, and basically. We couldn't go driving if we didn't have the sponsors, and uh, the sponsors wouldn't support us if people didn't watch us. So I mean, we got to look at the way uh, what what the viewers want, and and basically what's happening at the moment. That's what viewers want. So I guess everything in, is really going after the book. I guess they, they love all the action. There's absolutely no doubt about that. They do. They do love the action. I mean, it's it's an action-packed sport. The uh, the V8 Utes and. Uh, it's 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 been good fun. It's 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 uh, it, it, there's always something happening in the U. Put it this way. I mean, oh, there's a lot of people saying to me after Simmons' plans, "Oh, the V8s was very boring." But you guys again put on a good show, which is always rewarding to hear. What's in store for Damien White for 2006? Uh, before I go into that, I'll, I'll just sort of support what Alan's saying. It's it's a difficult um, the V8 U category. I think is in a difficult position in that some people in the industry, I think struggle to take it seriously because they see all the the, the biff and bash or, or what is highlighted on TV as biff and bash only and, and I can assure you that out in the track it's a lot more than that. There are some really good drivers putting on some solid racing but the, the same people in the industry who think we're a, we're a joke, who think we're a laughing stock um, then turn around the other breath, indicate that they feel threatened that we might um, be, be threatening their sponsorships because we do put on a good show and we do appeal to the audience. I mean, if you ask the 62,000 people at the weekend, um, which was their favourite category, let's not kid ourselves that a large percentage of them would say V8 supercars. But if you were then to say, what is your favourite support category? I'd be very, very surprised if an equal number didn't say that the V8 youths were their favourite support category. So I agree with Alan in that there's a very high level um, of, of driving quality driving in the field um, there is new sponsors coming on board to support the category and individual teams and drivers and I think that um, it, it's a great category and we've got to be very careful that we don't sanitise it in, in trying to I guess filter out the, the, the poor driving or the over aggressive driving we've got to be careful that we don't sanitise it to the point where it becomes processional Yeah I think that's an absolutely valid point, I mean when I, when I was at Bathurst I was up on Cat Corner with a load of yeah, average Bathurst-type guys who start drinking beer at 6.30 in the morning, and they were most upset that the Utes weren't going round because they reckon that's just you know an absolute highlight when you guys get out there and do your thing. Absolutely right, and you know those are the sorts of people that drink Cooper's beer. Those are the sorts of people that will apply for a home loan with IMB, and, and they're the ones that effectively pay Alan's and my bills, so they're the ones that we have to please, not necessarily those in the... Um, V8 supercar fraternity or, or anyone else. I mean, the punters through the gates, the punters that watch it on TV, they're the ones that we have to, to satisfy. And if they want to see some aggressive driving, some paint swapping, some tyre slamming action, well, let's be very, very careful. I mean, yes, 
Alan, yes, you unfortunately caught my wrath in a, in a bad bad moment, but, but looking back at the year on a whole, Alan clearly is one of the, the better drivers in the category. So I think that we've got to be careful about A, singling out people, and B, making sure that we, we highlight the right people as the ones to keep an eye on rather than perhaps good drivers who have had a bad day or made a mistake. Um, I, I guess I, I won't name drivers, but there's certainly having two events this year where I've qualified in the bottom 50%. I've got to experience, witness and feel firsthand what some of the drivers, I think, need some, need some you know, stricter attention from the stewards. I've got to see firsthand what they're capable or incapable of, capable of doing. Um, look, what we're going to come back to you in a few minutes. Um, we're just going to let Alan get out the door because he's got to go to a function, and then we'll come back to you and talk about 2006. Okay, see you later, Alan. No worries, Jim. Thanks. Good luck with next year. Thanks, mate. You too. I'll back in a sec. Beautiful. See you over the... Oh, well, I won't... Oh. We back on? Yeah. Okay. I'll get that out. No worries. Well, thanks, uh, Damien, for, for bearing with us. Sorry we had to um, escort um, the uh, international out of the building or the backyard. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, tell us about next year. Funny you should ask me about that. Um, just before you called, someone, um, one of my supporters from Wollongong, um, sent me an email and basically said, congratulations on the championship. You've worked hard, etc., etc. What now? And... Um, in fact, I've got it in front of me. I'll read you back the, um, the email I replied with. Okay. I can happily report that DJR told me today that $400,000 would cover the cost of a drive in their development series car if, of course, they had a spare, spare seat, which they do not. Brad Jones Racing has given me a starting figure of $500,000. Another team has said $350,000 would see me through, plus damage, plus testing. A main game team with a development series car have said they'd love to have me, but can't. Unless, of course, I can bring $1.2 million for driving their main game car. And on it goes. It seems that despite having finished second twice and winning twice in a pretty tough championship without ever incurring a driving or technical infringement in five years, and despite having the media smarts to have commentated on Channel 10, 9, 7, SBS and Fox Sport, despite having accepted to being accepted to write for a large newspaper, magazine, and doing my own media releases, and despite understanding how to service and attain significant sponsorship, and despite having the brains and the ability to comfortably write and deliver speeches to rooms full of corporate bigwigs, it seems that unless I can come up with $500,000, I will be driving a ute next year. So there you go, guys. That's about it in a nutshell. Um, well, what was that you're reading from? An email that I, that I sent back. I replied to the, to the supporter. Um, right. We're talking to them, but we're asking them which bank account, what the bank account details are. It is a very unique industry. Like it or hate it, the fact is you have to have ability first, sort of money first, ability second. Mm. You know, it, that's it. It's, yes, 
Damien, we'll have you in our team, but you've got to bring money. Do you think that... And the figures they're talking for a development series drive, as I've just told you, them's the facts, ranging from 350 to half a million dollars. I suppose this would probably would lead well onto the conversation about reducing costs in the formula because I mean if if, if the you know it's all going to trickle down. That certainly is, is not something you know not having been in supercars or in a team permanently for long enough to to understand the costs. It'd be silly for me to comment on the, on the need to you know reduce the costs. It seems a common thread or a common argument amongst a lot of the team owners and managers, so perhaps there's some, some genuine debate to be had there. What I will say, though, is if V8 Supercars, who have changed the name from Vesco, V8 Supercars call it a development series where they want to develop and nurture young talent or emerging talent, because I'm not of the young brigade anymore, but I'm young enough, then I think that they really... If they want to carry, continue carrying the mantle, calling it a development series, I mean, they've got to help these people get in so they can develop the drivers. They've actually renamed the series, um, I'm not sure if you're aware, the Fujitsu V8 Supercar Series. Okay, well, the intention of the category certainly is, and they don't shy away from the fact, to develop and discover emerging talent. Um, Sorry, I mate. don't want... Look, you've asked the question, what am I doing in 2006? Yeah. I don't want to race a V8 series again. That's nothing to do with me not liking the category. It's not meant to sound derogatory towards the category. Simple fact is, having done it for five years, and as I said, finishing second in the championship twice and winning it twice in a Holden and a Ford, uh, without trying to sound obnoxious, there's probably not a lot more for me to achieve in that category. Yeah, I can fully understand that. It's like you, you've, you've learnt all you can out of that category and, you, and now you have a thirst to understand like the the uh, the intricacies of a different category, maybe like Carrera Cup or, or even sports cars like Alan's got. It just you need you're a person that needs that mental challenge. It's it's not even about the mental challenge. I mean, I I survive and derive my income from motor racing. So if my sponsors say to me, "Look, there's a wheelbarrow race down the road, mate," and, you know, well, if that's where I put the food on the table, I'll do it. Right, and I've got to be having fun doing it and I will have fun if I race a youth again it's just for me I don't want to be 50 years old sitting on the couch and, and be saying I wonder Yeah. and I don't expect teams to knock down the door and say Damien you've won a youth championship or two come on let's do it Yeah. but what I would probably expect is a little bit I'm not about to repeat or, or state exactly some of the conversations I've had with some people within the V8 supercar fraternity because it might frighten some people but you, you think that you do enough to earn the respect of a bit more time and a bit more um, understanding or assistance in achieving what I don't have a problem in that it costs $500,000 to run one of these cars in the development series but it's a pretty big ask it's to expect the driver to go and I mean, I don't want to harp on the whole uh, rich dad thing, but if you don't have family money or you haven't made the, the fortune yourself, it's very difficult to go into the market yourself to raise that sort of money to go racing. Yeah, it certainly I is. think it's worth it for a sponsor. I think tipping 500000 into a development series with seven or eight rounds, one-hour show on Channel 10, live coverage at Bathurst, 
the likelihood that the driver will get the co-drive in the endurance race, etc., etc. Sure, that's great value, but you go to a, a corporation and you, you're pitching half a million dollars. If you've got the weight of one of the teams behind you, you look a little bit more professional than being a one-man band going in there and doing it. And that's what a lot of these teams expect. And did you even get a uh, like a, a test drive in any of the cars to show them how good you could potentially be? But the Fujitsu racing team went further than that. They gave me an opportunity this year to um, be in the, um, the endurance races both at Sandown and Bathurst. Um, needless to say, the times we did weren't anything supersonic, but there's reasons for that. And I followed their instruction, did exactly what they wanted to do, and they're pleased. And they, I must say, are offering as much help as possible. I mean, they have a driver committed to the, to the development series next year, but still they're offering assistance where possible to help me get some sponsorship to run one with another team so as I can have more, more miles under the belt because they want me to do the endurance drive with them again next year. Well, let's hope, uh, Damien, that, um, that, that some of these communications that we're, we've been putting out this year and, and these sorts of um, radio shows will um, increase the sort of awareness um, of the, the, the spiralling costs. I, I personally noticed that, that there is a huge amount of human resource cost with supercars um, and that um, not only from a wages bill, but, you know, you've got to, you've got to put them there on a plane, you've got, to, you've got to put them in a hotel, you've got to feed them, and, and that would have to be pretty, pretty major. Absolutely, but I don't want to be misunderstood in that. I don't no, yeah, I don't think you are. That, that it costs that much to do it. No. And I don't even suggest without, as I say, I repeat, without being in it, suggesting that it needs to be reduced. But seeing firsthand what the crew at Fujitsu Racing go through for those endurance races, even if the sprint rounds are uh, uh, 30% of the commitment, commitment and workload they all endure to, to complete those race meetings, I think that the personnel numbers are about right. They, they are where they need to be. You couldn't do it with less. I guess what I'm saying is rather than it costs too much or, or you know, they're expecting too much money, as they, let's not forget their businesses, they have to make money. I guess that if they... Ultimately, yes, it's a team sport, but they need a driver behind the wheel that can do the job. Well, if they're prepared to take my phone call and, and give me a figure, that means that at some point they think that I can do the job as a driver. Well, I think that the drivers, not just me, but a lot of drivers out there need a little bit more assistance in, in knocking the doors down and getting into the corporate boardrooms and presenting to showcase to these potential sponsors the, the I guess, the value in being involved in such a game. And do you think that that's a job for the management of the series, that, that, that they should be looking after that and trying to nurture those sort of events? Or is that something it's that... Easy, it's easy to point the finger and say that um, it should be someone else's responsibility. I mean, some people have suggested to me, and probably with some merit, that I should have myself a manager. Because it looks a little bit second-rate when you're a driver and going representing yourself. But mm. at the same time, you know, I can't afford a manager. But back to the question, is that the... the individual team's responsibility or the, or the category's responsibility. I'm not sure. I think that V8 supercars are showing that, that by increasing the, uh, the amount of events on the, on the main game card next year, having a proper naming rights sponsor for the category, having a better TV program, they are demonstrating that they do have a great interest in that category, whether it's development series or whatever the official name is. And by making all these improvements for next year, who am I to say that 
part of their planning going forward isn't to actually help people like me and Zakanovic and Jack Ellsgood and the other drivers who are in lower categories trying to make that next step. I mean, Marcus talked to him on the weekend, same figures, same teams, same scenario. Yep. The kid can drive, no doubt about it. Has his dad got money? Yeah, probably a bit. Half a million? Probably not. <laughs> so if you want the emerging talent rather than just the wealthy ones, I mean, let's try to get everyone to have a fair crack at this. Well, there's something in common with us all in that we have managed to derive an income out of the the world of professional or or not-so-professional motorsport, and I suppose we should be sort of thankful for that. There's a lot of people out there who probably give their left left leg for it. It's not all beer and Skittles, as we both know, but, uh, you know, you make your own destiny. Uh, Hot Lap came, came into this business five years ago, um, with, with a, a great deal of marketing and engineering and electronics and communication experience and you know we've managed to marry those skills with, with our love and, and genuinely you know I, I, I feel there's a new era of communications coming and we hope that we'll be part of that and it will be able to change the way that, that, that um, maybe supercar teams for, for one look at the way they structure their pricing because at the end of the day they have to be able to get exposure for the brands that they represent. Absolutely and I do thank Hotlap because certainly the, the website and, and the other bits that are tagged on with it um, have certainly helped Team IMB this year in, in conveying the message and updating the sponsors and supporters regularly with fresh information of, of what's going on and where we're all at. They can actually hear you know I'm their driver, you know. Damien, you're from Wollongong. The sponsors are from Wollongong. You're Wollongong's driver. And they don't have to wait for the Win TV report on the Monday, Tuesday afterwards or reading the Illawarra Mercury. They can hear it day by day with your, with your driver interviews. You know, and it's a little bit like that that are helping. And, and I think that the, your radio program now is going to do great things in the future. More and more people will become aware of it. And I, I guess I'll just conclude by saying... Everyone whinges in this game that, oh, it's too much and, you know, how am I going to get that sort of money? I don't want to sound like a whinger. I'm aware of, of how it works and, and, and how it's structured. I'm just, I, I guess, if you go to buy a car, it's very rare that they'll say, that's $40,000 and let you walk away. They'll say, it's $40,000 and we can help you try to get the finance to do that. Yeah. Damien, we'll just give you, uh, on, the, on uh, the, the final note, we'll just give you some um, statistical information about uh, what we achieved with the new website this year. And as you are aware, we, we came on board as a, as a, as a contract um, at the Australian Grand Prix, um, but the site was redesigned completely for Clipsal 500, and really that's, I think, where we need to start the figures from. We um, posted 243 press releases online. We uh, are not even counting the um, online, the email systems, the mail outs that go. We did 518 audio interviews. Um, uh, there are more than that. Some did not go online for one reason or another. We we served over 602,000 web pages, and as of last weekend, 37,000 unique visitors. That's impressive stuff. That is really impressive, and you know it's a testament to the to the work you guys are doing and i congratulate for it i really Mate, do uh, thank you very much i appreciate that. that what 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 gives me strength is that we've been consistently growing 
the amount of usage of the website to the fact that, that last last month we delivered 11 gigabyte of data off a website. Now, that that's a lot. But if you put that into perspective, we never did that much in a month when I worked for the Panos factory team running wow. Brabham and Jan Magnuson and, and, and Oliver Beretta and Max Pappas and Brian Herder around the American Le Mans series and Le Mans 24 hour. Again, uh, look, that, they're just outstanding figures and like you said, if we can continue to, to nurture and grow the, the product that we have, I mean, those, those figures will only improve, which is, even, which is beginning to be frightening. Well, on, on, on that basis, um, you know, okay, you're, you're obviously disappointed with the, uh, with the development series and, and what it's going to potentially cost you to try and get into that. But um, you never know, mate, uh, the way that the ute category is going and the way it's certainly maturing, as you said earlier, if we can keep, that, you know, keep the raw edge to it and don't let it get too sanitised, you could find you're in the Major League without even being in the original Major League. Damien, um, I'd just like to say it's been a pleasure working with you during the year. I've, I've very much in, enjoyed the, 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 the chats we've had, and, and uh, it's, it's been a just, you know, 32 drivers and probably a few more actually that I've met, and, and really there's not one that I've had taken a dislike to or, or, or found difficult to communicate. So, um, mate, thanks for a great year. Oh, man, and... That's just because you're a good bloke. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You know, you don't know him that well, do you? Do you know, I was thinking the other night that I actually never spat the dummy all year, and, and you know, I spit. Yeah, definitely spat the other night before we did radio hot lap last week. Oh mate, when he, when he talks, he gets up close to that iPod thing for the interviews. He tends to spit a bit then. Too. <laughs> <laughs> you are right. <laughs> all right, mate. Take care, guys. Good luck with it all, and we'll uh, talk again soon. Catch okay, you before fantastic. Christmas. Okay, goodbye. Thanks, Thanks Damien. See ya. Well, well, you know, the, the, all that stuff with, um, with all those stats, mate, we had to upgrade our uh, the Radio Hot Lap server this week and uh, because things have just been going through the roof in terms of the people um, get, um, you know, just listening to the stuff. It's really quite, uh, it's quite, quite amazing. I don't want to go into any specific figures, but I will say, tell you that um, we've had to upgrade our server to uh, 250 gig of transfer per month and uh, 10 gigabyte of storage. And uh, that's only going to be the tip of the iceberg as we start to move into the world of processing video. Although, you know, I, I think it's I think there's something about audio. I just I really don't think people want to look at us sitting here. To, to no, I don't either. Because we're not a Corona, or a Tuborg, or a, or a Coopers. No, and, and we're not that good looking. Let's face it, we're getting on getting on in years. So, you know, well, I am. Well, you are. I don't use all the face cream you use though. <laughs> but. Uh... <laughs> Unkind of you. Oh well. Well, I think that uh, that's probably about enough for another whole show. And uh, what we'll probably have to try and do now is um, tie in 
all the stuff we were going to do for uh, Classic Adelaide and, and put a, squeeze another one up as well. Squeeze another one out. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to do that. Uh, we were okay. going to have um, a Mark Brighton and, uh, and Mick Pinder who drive the 436 Camaro. Uh, they're done as the uh, Roger Penske uh, 69 David Donoghue Roger not, Penske. D- not David Donoghue David uh, Donoghue's father yes and because um, I'm confused with David Donoghue which I work with at panels and um, we're just going to break this into, into two episodes you're off to the first round uh, first leg tomorrow is uh, level one media here in, in Adelaide I won't be able to make it out because I'll be still slaving in front of the computer screen for the launch of Clipsal 500 the day after and I, I can tell you I saw the, the, the launch video last night and I can't say anything about it other than it is a very good piece of video everyone's going to like it a lot and um, and when we've tried to, to build a pretty special website this year so um, I'll be joining you at at the launch, John? Yes. On Friday? We'll be uh, taking time out from uh, Classic Adelaide to go to the launch. It's a bit of a pity because it's the run to Victor Harbour on, on Friday yes, and the dogs is. goes. Now, Rust is a, a regular competitor or as support crew yep. at the, at the um, event and has been to every round, every day, I keep saying, every leg, um, the little dock, and that's not a duck, it's a dock. <laughs> So um, it doesn't look like I'll be getting out on the road until Friday uh, or Saturday, or maybe Friday afternoon. But we will be getting together in Guja Street at the um, Cafe Kowloon on Friday night. We're a book to table for 10 people under the name of Fisher. Always book under the name of Fisher. <laughs> never your own name, because you just never know. You might not turn And we're up. not putting this up until Saturday now, are we? Because otherwise there'll be 10 people already sat at the table by the time we get there. <laughs> at least we'll know we've got one fan. Fisher. <laughs> But uh, one last thing I'd like to, to do is I really would encourage people to give us a bit of feedback. Please send us an email to support at hotlap.com.au and tell us uh, what you think of the show, what we do right, what we do wrong. And uh, an idea was floated the other day whether we might even come up with a V8, uh, 2005 V8 yearbook yep. on the basis that we've got about 10,000 photos that um, have been taken, a majority are lifestyle shots that I have taken, but Dirk Kleinsmith... Um, has um, has been uh, working with us, and there's a lot there. I, if someone said yes, I know that that's a lot of work to put in to put it a is. book together, and so I'm going to flick that off to you, JP, because oh, you. you're the acrobat specialist yeah, and, and and Adobe InDesign. Get a few plugs, not for Michael Stoddart, and uh, <laughs> you might do an Adobe race car next year. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening. Yep, thank you, and um, well, we'll be back very soonish with the with the other half of today's show. Are you a bit shabby, mate? Oh, it's just a bit tired. Nothing like another beer. See you soon. <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs>